And she said, if I file these court papers, though, you need to stick to your beliefs. You need to stick to your guns, she said. Like when you believe in something in life, especially with this or anything else going forward, you need to believe. Be stubborn. Stick to your guns because, one, people will talk you out of or try to talk you out of your beliefs because of their own agenda. Or they may talk you out of it because, you know, the thing that they're maybe trying to do is justify their position in life. But you're special and, and, and you're going you're gonna to amount to something one day and, and you need to understand that you need to stick to your guns. So when my dad confronted me with court papers when I came home from school one day uh, saying, hey, it looks like you want to move back with your mom. You know, they don't have any money there. You know, and by the way, my dad was my hero, Mike. He, he, he had his own masonry business, laid block, poured concrete, big forearms, rough hands. And when I confirmed and stuck to my guns that, you know what? Yeah, I know my mom doesn't have it that well. But I'm not, I can't be in this environment. It's not, it's not conducive to happiness. Let's go! You are listening to the Heath Fluids Podcast. And we're having candid and actionable conversations about your health, relationships, business, and ministry. And now here's your host, the second chance coach for men, Michael David Huey. Guys, welcome to another session of the Heath Fluids Podcast. It is. Actually, it's really funny. It's actually a cold day here in sunny Florida. It's still sunny, but when I woke up and I went to the gym this morning, it was 41 degrees, okay? Now, my guest today is from Maryland. I, I, we, we, we just spent the last 25 minutes getting to know each other a little bit better and talking about uh, you know, business and talking about the Lord and we prayed. And, and I just think that, as I, I shared with Mike, is that um, God ordains our footsteps. And when we... Uh, we, we, we have somebody reach out to us um, after praying for people to be on. I believe that you're going to hear from somebody today that was ordained to be on here today. And, and as you're listening, like, like I was funny, I was, I was on a, a webinar today with about 40 different leaders in a company that I partnered with and they were all, they're all over the country and they were in, and they, and some of them were saying, you know, they're, they're in Boston and it's 40. I'm like, it's only one degree less than what we are here in Florida. Are you kidding me? Like, and, and, and if you can't, if you're listening on, on iTunes or Spotify or Anchor, any of those, you can't see me and Mike or, you know, because we do this on Zoom and so we get to see each other and know our pause for emphasis and encouragement. We're going to, I told Mike that we're going to launch all these podcasts in January on YouTube so that people can have access to get more, you know, to, to see them live and see us laugh and, and, and see our facial expressions. And, and Mike is laughing because it's probably about 40 degrees in Maryland too. And it was cold here. to be exact. <laughs> okay. See, so, so, it was like, it was like 41 today. And I think we got up to like 60, I think, but you know, some of my friends in Wyoming, it was 60 today. Right. So, um, I, I think you just have to kind of laugh at, 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 you know, I got out, I got into my car and I thought, I thought it was cold the other day when it was 55. And when I got in today and it was 41, I was like, okay, with the humidity and stuff, it feels like it's about 20. Um, and I just got, I got in and I actually turned, I heard, I heard Mike say this earlier before we got on that he actually was turning off the heat <laughs> and, and, and I got in the, in the Jeep today and turned on the heat, right. Um, when going to the gym and, and it's funny. Um, and then I'm going to introduce Mike just briefly and then have him tell his story. But you know, the gym business now and me being in the fitness industry and as an elite trainer and for, uh, 20 years. Um, it's funny. I watch these trends and the gym is really quiet right now. <laughs> like there is, it's the same people that go every single day that are there. Uh, and then in January, we won't be able to get in there, right? Like it will ha- I'll be going at like five thirty or six o'clock in the morning. 
uh, rather than a little bit later, like I go now because it's a little bit quieter. But it's just funny. It's like a ghost town in there, right? Like all the people just said, ah, um, I'll wait. Yeah, I'll wait. I'll wait. It's the holidays, right? And so... So my, my, my guest with me today, um, I, and I'm grateful for him. I'm grateful for the time that we just spent together. I'm just going to say that. Probably I'm grateful for the time that we just spent together before this. And uh, Mike Sirocco is, is the CEO of People Building Inc. Think about that for a second. People Building Inc. And, it's, he's, it's, and he's the powerhouse behind the what are you made of movement. Think about that for one second. What are you made of? He's a performance coach. He's an author. He's a speaker. He's a visionary. He's a thought leader. He's a man of God, man of integrity. Um, he's been featured in Yahoo Finance, which I also was featured in that same publication in 20, for, for one of the top leaders to follow in 2020. Um, he's on a mission to build people, right? Uh, and, and as him and I were talking about, if you build people, you build the kingdom, right? Um, he's consumed with a passion to help people break free from the confines of complacency and propel them to untapped levels of success. I love that. I love that. I, I, I love what Mike stands for. And so he currently resides in Ocean City, Maryland uh, with his wife, Jennifer, of 17 years. Praise God for that. Uh, and their two children, Nicholas and Sophia. So Mike, welcome to the HeFluence podcast, my brother. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. And I always start every interview, by the way. Thanks for having me uh, with gratitude because I'm very, very fortunate and uh, appreciative and humble to have the opportunity to share with, uh, with you and any audience that will listen to me. So, awesome. so first of all, thank you. Well, it's funny that you say that because this morning, my Facebook Live, uh, which Mike and I were talking about Facebook and all that before we jumped on. And um, I told him that I have been learning YouTube and, and LinkedIn, and that's how Mike and I connected on LinkedIn. And, and you know, today my, my, my uh, Facebook Live was on gratitude, you know, uh, which is not a coincidence, right? Mike talks about gratitude and here we are. And, and just the, the you know, I, I challenged people to say something that they were grateful for, right? So, some, one, five, 10, whatever, right? Um, and then tell somebody else, at least one person every day, the rest of this week that you're grateful for them. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for a lot of things. I'm grateful, uh, for God, um, that he chose me. I'm grateful for my wife, Lisa, grateful for a lot of things. Uh, but I think the power of being able and the impact of being able to be used by God to reach people is one of the most important things that I'm grateful for. The power of connections, the power of people. And so I, I was sharing with, with Mike before we started that um, I used to kind of have a, a, a way I did this and, and uh, uh, <laughs> I got, that got kind of changed. <laughs> and, and so um, I'm going to have Mike share his story with you today. I told you briefly about him. I don't, I don't like to share their whole what about me page or everything. I could read it all if I wanted, but it would take away from the power of getting to know where Mike came from, what he's done. I know I, I read his, 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 I told him I've spent about 30 to 40 minutes going through his website and, and, and learning about who he is and what he does. And, and uh, you know, I, I used to, I'll just confess, I used to take notes while we were, we were going through this, but I decided not to do that anymore so I could pay attention. So what I do is at nighttime, I go back with my wife and re-listen to these interviews, and then I take some notes. She takes some notes, and then we 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 just are, we become more, even more grateful for the people that we have on here. So, Mike, why don't you share? Tell us a little bit about who Mike really is. Sure. Um, you know, I'm the type of guy that finds people that are stuck in setbacks and adversity, 
and shows them how to get out, first of all, but then never let it happen again. And, you know, I'm all about turning setbacks into rocket fuel for your future. And the reason I say that, I'll tell you the story behind it, but the reason I say that is because rocket fuel is the only thing I know that can get you into outer space. And I'm big on using uh, symbolism uh, for, for sharing stories, similar to the way, you know, Jesus used to tell parables. And I, I, I'm fond of that. I love telling stories and I love painting pictures for people like the old Bob Ross, if you remember Bob Ross. Yeah. But you know, the thing is rocket fuel is the only thing I know that gets you in outer space and outer space is a place away from gravitational pull and all the negative things that go on in your life. And so Mike, the things that I found that stop you from when accomplishing something in life are not the encouraging people. It's not the, uh, successes and wins that you have and the confidence that you have and all that stuff. It's all the other stuff. It's all the negative. It's all the negative people, discouraging people. It's all the setbacks and letdowns and bad things that happen to you because bad things happen to good people. And all that stuff becomes toxic. And if you can relate that to rocket fuel, it's probably toxic. You don't want to touch it, smell it, drink it. But when it's converted into, into rocket fuel for, for, for like taking a rocket into space, if, it could, if you could do that for yourself, You take all that stuff, don't eliminate it, convert it into fuel. You don't get just back to resiliency status where you get back to normal form. You blast off from your original form prior to the setback into places unknown, places that are like awesome. And that's what I do. That's what I've been able to bottle. And it all stems back from when I was a kid. I was around a lot of broken people, a lot of broken-minded people. And I grew up in a broken home. I don't remember my parents ever together. And uh, from a young age, I was five. I I was saved when I was five. I I, I was pretty... pretty, I don't know. I think I was a pretty advanced child and and pretty mature child from some of the stuff that I had to go through. But my mom prayed with me and asked me if I was ready to to accept Jesus back when I was five. Of course, I've developed my relationship with him and have my ups and downs with our relationship as I've gone through life. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, when I was eight to 11, I lived with my dad and uh, there was a lot of child support, custody battle stuff. Then there were some step parents that came in and then their agendas had to be met, which added conflict and things were taken out on the kids a lot. And you know, I, I was watching all this stuff as a kid and being very observant to it. And I, I just understood that there's a lot of people that have problems, man. And I, I just became a young, a young age. My mom used to tell me all the time, you're influential, you're a leader. And I didn't even know what that meant at that time. I'm talking when I was four or five years old, I remember her telling me this, you're a leader, you're going to be a leader. So I think that what that does is when you encourage people like that, you know, that word starts to get in your mind and you start acting it and you start saying things and you start doing things that lead from that, that, that uh, message that was put into you at a young age from your parents or whoever that may be. So I just knew that, you know, at that young age, that being a leader was something that I was going to do. I just didn't have any other options what I did. So I looked at people and figured, okay, can I fix this person? Can I help them? And uh, so I, be- I became a build- people builder at heart. But when I was eight to 11, went through a lot of psychological and mental abuse in, in, a, in a house at my dad's. And uh, after three years of it, I just had enough. And I told my mom, I need to get out of here. So she filed court papers. And she said, if I follow these court papers, though, you need to stick to your beliefs. You need to stick to your guns, she said. Like when you believe in something in life, especially with this or anything else going forward, you need to believe, be stubborn, stick to your guns. Because one, people will talk you out of or try to talk you out of your beliefs because of their own agenda. Or they may talk you out of it because, you know, the thing that they're maybe trying to do is justify their position in life. But you're special and 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 you're going to you're going to amount to something one day and and you need to understand that. You need to stick to your guns. So my dad confronted me with court papers when I came home from school one day uh, saying, hey, it looks like you want to move back with your mom. You know, they don't have any money there, you know. And by the way, my dad was my hero, Mike. He, he, he had his own masonry business, laid block, poured concrete, big forearms, rough hands. That was my dad. How funny. That was my dad was in the construction business. It's funny how, 
just so you know, Mike, before you go, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Before you go That's forward, it's, it's just funny how all this happens in these podcasts. So if you go back and listen to some of them, it's like like-minded people being like-minded people. When we fasted and prayed that God would bring the right people in here, like my dad was in the construction business for 30 years, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and you know what he made me do every summer was go lay brick and block with, my, with his friends. Yeah. I was like, so we know hard work, don't we? <laughs> yeah. And so the thing is, he always had a wad of $100 bills in his pocket. In the construction business, you get paid in cash a lot. I used yeah. to heard the term a lot. Oh, that's a cash job. That's a cash job. Anyway, uh, it has nothing to do with me being Italian, by the way. Um, but he always had a wad of $100 bills in his pocket. <laughs> are you sure, Mike? Are you sure? <laughs> and uh, he always, no, I'm sure. He always had a, wad of, uh, a rubber band around this wad of $100 bills. And when I confirmed and stuck to my guns that you know what? Yeah, I know my mom doesn't have it that well, but I'm not, I can't be in this environment. It's not, it's not conducive to happiness is what I was thinking. I didn't know that word. And uh, so he takes that wad $100 bills out that he always carried. I looked up to him for it. You know, he's my hero, man. I, I really, I still to this day, I mean, I know he's had some bad things. I've, I've forgiven him a long time ago. I don't get to see him or talk to him, not by my choice. But, um, you know, and I, by the way, I don't tell the story to bash him by any means because we have all have our things and I don't know what was going on, you know. But I, I will tell you that when he did that, I said to myself, oh, oh, so he takes that wad $100 bills out. He crumples one up and he throws it at me and says, you're going to need this when you're living on the streets with your mother one day. And uh, when I was 11, hearing that, like basically, feeling like my my hero giving up on me. I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Now remember stubborn. So stubborn kicks in. You're not writing my story. Like my, I'm determined in my future is what I thought at that yeah. moment. And second thing I thought was I'm the only, I mean, uh, I, I'm in an ordinary situation. This is something I'm used to. And I think everybody has the same kind of thing happen to them, don't they? Aren't they in, everybody in a broken home and dealt with all this stuff? So I didn't know any different. So I thought that there's other people that are probably going through the same thing that I'll be able to be a role model for and show them somehow that you can rise from it, no matter what it is. And by the way, I just talked to a guy last week that was grew up in an orphanage. So I know I didn't have the, the worst. I know that. Yep. But that, that, that lit a fire in me, man. And when that fire was lit for 30 years now, I've been driving off of this and using it and converting it into fuel because every t- time something gets tough or I have to deal with difficult people or any of that stuff, I always ask myself, what are you made of, right? That's my podcast name. What are you made of, man? Like, what, look at all the stuff you've come from. Th- this, is, this is nothing for you. And it turns into fuel for me. And I've always able to, been able to elevate and get through things so much quicker and not getting stuck in setbacks and paralyzed and wasting time being in shock because something bad happened. Um, I just know and look for it as opportunities and, and, and get excited about it, actually. So that's a little background on me and where I come from and where that happened three years ago. I started to figure out like, man, I need to bottle this. I did a little bit of a self-analysis on myself and said, wait a minute, what have I been driving off all of these years? This is amazing. And you do know Pete Vargas by any chance? I do know Pete Vargas. Very okay, well. so so Pete Vargas shared his story on 10X Growth Con stage in Miami a few years ago. And I was in the crowd sitting right in the middle of the floor and there was 30 some thousand people there. And when Pete was sharing his story about his dad, keep in mind, I never shared the story before because I, I used to share the story with my, my family and this and that. And I just didn't, I don't know, I just didn't feel comfortable. I was embarrassed by the whole thing. He's sharing his story, Pete is. And I felt like everybody in the whole Marlin Stadium disappeared. And it was just me and Pete and he's sitting there and I'm, he had this profound effect on me. And I'm like, wait a minute. First of all, I was blown away by the story and, and that's the intention of what the way Pete talks and what he does. But- I said to myself, wait a minute, I have a story like that. Like, like Pete can do this. I know I can. I saw Pete sweating. He told, he'll tell you. He was scared to death up there. And I know it. He, he admits it. But I'm like, if Pete can do it, I can do it. My story matters too. I realize this. And so, Michael, people don't share their stories for a few reasons. One is because they think it's ordinary, which I did. Two, they think nobody cares. 
Nobody will care about that. Why would I tell anybody about that? The third reason is they're embarrassed by it. There's a lot of people that come from broken homes or poor families or abuse, and they're embarrassed to talk about it. And then the fourth and most powerful reason, and this is one that got me, is they underestimate the power to inspire millions of people, hundreds of millions of people. And so when I thought about that and I started sharing my story to people, I did one, two, five, ten, and everyone was inspired and, and like was like, wow, man, I can't believe you went through that. And look at you now. I thought to myself, wait a minute, if that happens with 10 people, what happens if I tell a million people? So I started being obsessed and, and, and figure, trying to figure out ways where I can expand this message and the, the reach. And it's funny because Pete's company is called Advanced Your Reach, not, not, not to plug Pete or anything, but... Um, Pete's been a great guy and, and I, I learned a lot from him because I, I learned how to formulate my signature story and really develop it. But I thought to myself, this is scalable in the fact of impact. I make money, by the way, in the mortgage business. We're very successful. It's not about money for me. This is about being an impact on the world. Amen. Doing something that I was put here for. Amen. So that, yeah. So that, that's, that'd well, give that's you a little, yeah. little background on what's going no, on that's here. Good. And, and so, so just to read, I, I told him I lied. I, I confess my sins before men here on the show is that I, I lied about taking notes. I do have, a, if you can't see me, I have a pen. Mike can see me. I have a pen in my hand and I, and I write down a couple things. I don't write like crazy like I used to because I want to pay attention, but I like what he said. He said the reason, four reasons why people don't tell their story um, is because they feel like it's ordinary, you know? Second, who they feel like who cares? Nobody wants to listen to them, right? Uh, third, they're embarrassed. And then they miss this important point about underestimating their impact and the impact that it can have on people's lives. Wow. Like you can bottle that up and hand it to people. And, you know, um, I learned um, I learned a lot about that from Cole Hatter um, about uh, influence over persuasion, right? And uh, public speaking has been a very, uh, it's an anointing and a gifting for me. Um, so, so, so Mike, my question is, is so ever since you were 11, is that the last time you had a deep relationship with your dad? No, actually for like 10 or so years, I didn't. And my, his dad passed away. And when he was on his deathbed, I ran into him at my aunt's house where my, my grandfather was living his last days. And we ran into each other and we hit it off like it was old times. And uh, then from there, we would go to breakfast. Uh, dinner together. And I had kids at that point and he would see my kids now. And it was pretty cool. And I loved the opportunity for him to be able to see my kids. How long ago was that? You know, I think it had to be uh, probably, I don't know, within last seven, eight years. Okay. And so we went for a phase and then, um, you know, without getting into a lot of details, there's other parties involved. I would call it a common denominator. Yeah, that common denominator causes issues uh, despite people not um, going along with the conflict. They we like we will go out of our way to just see past it, and it just it just keeps rearing its head. And I, I can't get into the details of that really, but uh, out of respect for other people that are involved. But the fact of the matter is, there's a person or thing or something that that keeps them from doing that. And I it is what it is. And he's a man; he can make his own decisions, but he doesn't, and or he does, and it is what it is. So this point now, I know that I just want to teach my kids the right way and the wrong way to do things, be a role model to them. And, um, you know, just try to pick up where my dad left off in life as far as for our name, our family's name. And I'm disappointed and I, I, I wish it was different. I, I wish I could even inspire him, Yeah, but you know, it. it is what it is. So I, I use that as fuel and, uh, and I'm thankful. I, my book, by the way, I just wrote a book called rocket fuel. And that book in the front of it, I thank him for challenging me, you know, and uh, because I don't know where I would be if he didn't make that challenge. Of course. So, of course. So we, it's funny, we have very similar, uh, I'm now back with my dad, you know, having a somewhat of a relationship, somewhat of, I mean, I live close to him and I see him, I spend one whole day with him a week. Um, and uh, 
you, you spent almost 20 years away from your dad, which is, is, is amazing from the numbers that what you told me, you yeah, know, with yeah. the, you know, so, so, and then now you're again, you know, and you don't, and it just kind of happened again like that again. Right. So, so it's, it, it it's kind of a pattern with, and, and so, uh, I want to commend you. I, 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 for how you've handled it. Cause I, I, I say this all the time. I don't, <laughs> It's really funny. I, you bring this up. I have a friend of mine who's uh, from New York and he's an Italian guy too. He lives down in South Florida. And if he's listening, his name is Mike Weingarten. He's a, he's a funny dude. And I told him some things that had happened with me with um, um, my dad's wife. Um, and <laughs> and uh, it, it, when my dad was home in Ohio and my dad has been one of the healthiest guys ever uh, from an 80-year-old standpoint, uh, as, as he could be without eating healthy. And it just, it was out of my hands. Like, and I just, yeah. I, he's, and this is what Mike said to me. He said, I have to tell you that the way you handled it is how a godly, and this is coming from a young Jew, a 50 year old Jewish man, you know, that's my friend that's really close to me um, and says, I don't, he goes, the New Yorker and the Italian would have came out in me. And I said, he said, I, he goes, I've learned more from you about how to handle situations than anything. And so I just want to commend you for, for, for being able to see a situation that could go a lot different, but knowing that you're an influence on your children and people around you and the, the company that you lead and the, the people that you lead. So uh, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank, <laughs> thank you for allowing me. Excuse me. And you know, it's a shame is that uh, this, this particular person, you know, I'm sharing this story because I want to influence people and show people what you can still do and showing you that what the impact could be on a kid at that time when, when we let our pride get in our way and let our feelings get in the way of, of things. And, um, you know, it's funny because, and I, I haven't shared this with many people, but like she reaches out to podcasts that I'm on via email and, and tries to, to quiet the story that I'm just trying to help people with. Like, I'm not trying to bash anybody. I'm not even, you know, and, and the fact of the matter is, this is like, I don't know what, 30 years ago, this is all went down. And, and it, and I never even mentioned anybody's name or even talk about the other person ever before. Like, this is just, usually I just tell the story about my dad. And then all of a sudden she, she outs herself with the guilt that she must be having from all the stuff that happened. Of course. And, and it's amazing. And the podcast guests, and this is like, this is behind the scenes, like, you know, as, as uh, transparent as it gets and vulnerable as it gets, but I'll get a I'll get a uh, podcast guest that I'm uh, host that I'm on. I, I've done 300 interviews in the past year, but I'll get one and they'll say, "Man, uh, somebody's reaching out. Like, man, I'm so sorry you had to experience that because they could tell, you know, like they didn't have to. It wasn't a he said she said type of thing. They could just tell, like it outs, like a person in if they're genuine or whatever they, you know, their their true character is. It always comes out at some point or another. And um, it's a shame. And I, I really wish that like everything could be buried and everything could be forgotten. about. I mean, I would definitely, you know, be, I'm good with that, but it's just, it's a shame. It's hard, you know, it's, it, well, it impacts it's the rest of the family too. You yeah. Know? And, and so, so I, and I said this to you before we got on, you know, uh, we just pray for them and we do our best and then we just leave the rest up to God and we constantly yeah, pray and, yeah. and, and, you know, ears, ears to hear, eyes to see and a receptive heart to, to be who God's called us to be. And, and it's really funny that you bring this up because, um, and, 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 and I don't, I don't really care if he does, um, uh, because as you and I talked about, uh, we have one plan and purpose and that's to, to, to be in the perfect will of God. And, and, and it's really funny, you know, uh, there's a lot of stuff that comes up from my dad and, and my stepmom and, uh, my dad has just lied for years and years and years, you know, and, um, a lot of stuff has came out in the last couple months of where my dad has, you know, my, my stepmom has heard me on different calls and said, well, I didn't know that. Well, I didn't know that. Well, I didn't know that. Your dad never told me that. Your dad never told me this. 
And I said, who are you going to believe? You think I make this up? I'm a moral and ethical man of God who's a pastor who's called to higher standards. I said, do you don't think I experienced these things? Like, it's real. Mm-hmm. It, 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 you know, she even reached out to my mom and Mike and said, hey, did this stuff happen? And my mom said, yeah, right? And, and obviously, Mike, when you get older, you, get, you, you forget a lot of things. I'm going to be real. Like, like when you get yeah. 80, you, you begin to forget a lot of yeah. things. Now, yeah. there's some people that are sharp as a tack. They'll yeah. remember, you know, you stealing 10 cents from them when you were 10, right? Mm-hmm. But then, you know, and, and I think some people suppress those things. Like, yeah, like, yeah. like, like you, you know, um, recently my wife finding out that she was adopted and finding out at, at 50 years old Wow, man. and meeting her biological father. And, and, wow. and, and, and Mike, listen to this. I'll tell this 30 second story. And then I want to ask you something a little bit about your book. Cause that's another thing I use my pen for to write little things down. So it's funny you bring this up because you and I experienced the same identical things, right? Like, and how we handled them. And I'm learning from you. So thank you for sharing that way, the way you did. Um, you know, my, my, my wife is a very prophetic voice. And uh, she said, honey, I, I've been having these visions uh, that I have a sister named Lori. And I was like, well, I don't ever see anything. I mean, my wife told me the exact day, Michael, my, my father was going to get saved. And he got saved on that exact day. And, 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 and she said, oh, no, your dad's going to get saved tomorrow. I'm going to get saved. And I said, yeah, no, soon. She said, no, tomorrow. And, and literally got saved on that day. And when she said that to me, I said, well, I guess God's going to reveal it to you. Do you have a sister named Lori, right? And literally, and, and she'll, she, she tells it better, but I kind of I'm a, I, I condense things, right? Like literally two weeks before she was ready to retire from the nursing industry, um, she got a Facebook message from a girl named Lori saying, um, your mom and my dad dated 50 years ago, and um, I'd like to talk to you more. And she said, you know, basically, honey, what do I do with this? I said, just wait and see. I said, well, you did say you had a sister named Lori and this lady's been looking for you for 20 years, right? So then she gets a text message on her phone because she has her phone number on Facebook and the, the, the girl says, uh, can you please call me? I'm, I'm, my name's Lori Lackinger. Um, I've been looking for you for 20 years. You're my sister. Like, okay, mm-hmm. boom, right? And sure enough, she was. My wife had suppressed Lori being at her life between one and two years old for 48 years, but God brought it back to her at the right time for her to remember those things and to bring restoration. So the reason I say this, Mike, is for you is, is uh, uh, nothing is impossible with God. The, 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 the timing and the preciseness and, and the things that he does is just, is just good. So why don't you tell me a little bit about Rocket Fuel? Because I'm super excited. Um, and by the way, um, I'm a reader because I believe that learners are readers. So I'm excited to read your book now, my brother. It's, it's, uh, it's you know, you, you, we were talking about Tim's story and Tim has a new book coming out and, and we were talking about, you know, he, he, he sharpened me the other day and said, why have you not finished your book? So I'm going to finish it this year in 2021 for sure. But tell me a little bit about Rocket Fuel. Yeah. So Rocket Fuel is uh, some stories of my life and anecdotes that, that I go through in there and just basically how I came up with the concept of Rocket Fuel. And, you know, Tim, I love Tim's story to death. He's a comeback coach. Um, I, I'm not a comeback coach. Like I'm a guy that teaches people that fell back, that, that, that explode out of it. Like this is not something that it's okay just to get back to normal. Because if you intend to just get back to your original form, you're always going to come up short, first of all. And second of all, we should be always growing. We should always be expanding and, and reaching for what are the blessings that, that have been given to us. I truly believe that I was put on this earth with a certain potential by God, we call them blessings, um, abilities or whatever, and a purpose. And to me, if we don't live up to that, 
when I get up in the morning, first of all, I, I, I thank God every morning as soon as I wake up and I go through a list every single day because it eliminates everything I have to complain about. And I also feel it's like telling God, I want more of this. Yes, that's what I want. That's what I want. Like picking ice cream flavors or you're at the grocery store picking stuff off the shelf. Like, yes, that's, that, that works for me. I'm, I'm in agreement with that. Let's go. Yes, yes, yes. And I think you see more of those things. But the point is, is that I think that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to position that if I don't, when I wake up in the morning, go after it and like hard, I'm slapping figuratively my creator in the face. I'm slapping the, the God that put me here, that, that, that sent his son to save my, like save my soul and, and everybody else's soul from the, from the sins that we can't help ourselves doing. Like, you know, we, I just think it's a slap in the face. So I go hard for that reason. And, and, then, and then from that point, if I'm blessed, I'm, my job is to prove it, to show people as an example, and then from there, spread it. And that's, that's what my aim is to do in this book, is to share the stories that I've been through and what I've come from and the, the, the lessons that I've learned of how to not just get through things, but to explode out of bad things. And I think that when, you know, my mind, when you can eliminate and convert all negativity, anything that can stop you, it's, it's only natural to call yourself unstoppable for the, for the mission that you've been put on. And that's what the point is, is to help people become that way. And I'm already starting my second book, by the way, it's called Unstoppability, um, which, which ties into that rocket fuel concept. And I, I, you know, I've wrote this one book and I just can't stop now. It's like something like, man, I'm, I got to do it again because I got to get more stuff out to, to help people. So rocket Love fuel that. is available. By the way, the link is MikeCRock.com. That's MikeCRock, C-R-O-C.com forward slash book. You can go there. It's coming out February 7th, but you can get it early now. Get your hands on it. And uh, there's a little special gift in there too if you buy it pre-order. All right. Awesome. I'm, I'm going to do that when we get done. Um, uh, one, one of the things I, I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but uh, for those of you listening, but um, uh, when, you're, when your life is focused on God and hearing from God and doing the right things, everything falls into place. Your passions, your desires, like, like it's so good that Mike, that Mike brought that, brought that up, that he's passionate about writing now. Right. Like John Maxwell says he does the same five things every day. Right. You know, reads, writes, files, you know, all those five things that John does every day consistently. Right. And John says, well, I don't have to be working right now if I don't want to. Right. But he's like, God's not done with me yet. Like I'm 70 some years old and God is not done with me. It's so funny that, that you, that you, that we, that this kind of led down this direction, you know, my pastor, Mike, did a message um, uh, and then it led in with another pastor coming in and finishing it up about retirement. And he said, I don't read anywhere in the Bible where it says to retire. He said, there's repositioning, right? Mm-hmm. But you're always striving to be that seek and save the lost and to encourage and to inspire and and to do the things that you're doing. So I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm really grateful for that. I'm really grateful that well, you Michael, on that point, when you retire, if you don't find another purpose or problem to solve, that's when God takes you from this earth. 100%. So people that are retired from a company, they generally find another purpose for every day for them to do because naturally, even if you're a healthy person, if you don't have purpose, you will go away. (laughs) That's just the way it is. I think that we, we all need to be searching for purpose even when you don't have a job or if your job is not your purpose and you just do that for money, you need to have, because by the way, there's people, how many people do you know that have died doing a job because they're just doing it for money and it's not, there's no purpose in it and they have no other purpose. It's not, it's not God's plan and purpose for, for, for their life. And it just becomes a job is what it becomes. Yeah. And then they, they become outside. It, it's, it's, this is so like God for you to bring, take it kind of down that direction. Um, I had a friend of mine, who was a spiritual mentor in my life, um, um, you know, led me through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
uh, down that track, which a lot of people, and if, hey, if you don't believe in that, I'm not here to condemn you or, or to take you down. You know, it's, it's, it's an experience. You know, you can't steal an experience from somebody. You know, you can argue about, you know, things, but experience is something that you can't take away from people. And so um, uh, I, I caught him in some sin and I caught him in pornography and prescription medications and I called him out uh, and he knew I wasn't going to lie about it. Right. And um, he um, he had no purpose. He had no nothing. He was doing nothing that led him. He he knew the Bible like 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 front and back. He was a man of God and, and he got caught up in spiritual warfare. Um, and um, he's like, I'm going to ruin you, blah, 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 blah. And I said, I rebuke that in Jesus name. You're not ruining me. I'm, a, I'm going, I'm, I'm going to be successful. And uh, the, the week before he died, the week before he died, uh, literally six months later, he went to be with the Lord. The Lord, like you just said, snapped him up, right? He, and I, I have it in our bedroom downstairs. He, I was, I was in my brick and mortar fitness business, super busy seeing 60 people a week. I mean, you know, the average trainer sees about 30 people work. We were seeing 60 to 75 people a week. I was making, as you can figure, I was making, and and this was in the nineties. I was still making a lot of money, right? Even though we were only charging 50 and we should have charged 75, but that was the going rate back then. Right. And, and I didn't have to pay much uh, at this gym because it was a friend of mine who owned it. And so we were just making a killing. And um, he showed up and I was locking the door one night and he probably was waiting in the parking lot, right? And he locked the door. I locked the door and I turned around and he was there and he was holding this plaque, this plaque. And he was weeping, weeping, crying. And he said, I'm sorry. Here, this is for you. And it said, Proverbs 17, 17. It said, a friend loves at all times. Never gave up on him. I just loved him where he was. And um, he repented and literally a week later in his son's arms, he went to be with the Lord and, uh, you know, healthy, like you said, healthy guy in warfare. And so um, I think that that's uh, something that we can all, there's a piece in that of what we've said today, Mike, that a lot of people can take and learn and grow from. So why don't you share maybe something that you're excited about right now? Because I, I, I told Mike, like, I, I, I like to, uh, I think when the Lord's leading, we, we're not really putting anybody on the spot. We're just kind of using the gifts and talents. And I like it, what Mike said. I wrote this down. He says the blessings. Um, another word, Mike, I think it is, it's the favor of God upon our life. It's mm-hmm. the anointing of God upon our life. So tell me some things that you're excited about and maybe something that maybe somebody's listening today can take away from this and, 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 and put into their life and, and use it and make impactful from, you know, some of the things that we've talked about today. Yeah. I want to mention, um, Grant Cardone is, uh, the, the, he's writing the forward for my book. He wrote the forward for my book and Grant talks about this a lot. And it's something that I, I, I relate back into, um, the, how big our God is. And you, if you think about the fact that a lot of us are shut down and, and limited mindsets and we're closed off because we've been so beat up by the world and those around us. And that happened to me for, for years. I went through a phase from 18 to 25 where I went down the wrong road and I started getting on other people's agendas, trying to please other people, alcohol, partying, down the wrong road, man. And I knew that wasn't me. I knew I was seeing all those people that like, I was, I was becoming those people that I saw when I was a kid. And I'm like, this is not me, man. What the heck is going on here? Like, how did I get here? Before you know it, you just start off with like, it's like you see that rabbit hole and you go in it and you're like, I'm okay. And then you fall like, 50 feet down. Before you know it, it's too late and, and you get off track. And what happens is also the people that you're around, like just start, if you let them, they start introverting you and you, you start to become like in a cage and then you don't think big enough. And then you shut off opportunities and you don't see opportunities. So I'm going to encourage people. We weren't put here on this planet just to live a life and just go to work and then just come home, turn the TV on and watch some TV 
maybe do some fun things here or there. Definitely not tear our bodies up with alcohol and drugs and partying. We were put here for a purpose to do big things. And it's those people that open up for those opportunities. Just allow themselves, just God, show me the way. Like just open yourself up and be willing. And you open your eyes like you were talking about it. I don't know if it was when we first got on air or before, but open your eyes, open your ears. Let me say the right words. You know, I pray a lot about, you know, in the morning time, you know, I always hum when I first wake up a little bit. I go, hmm, 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 like this just to make sure I have a voice because I'm thankful I have, I can talk. And I tell, you know, I ask God, like, give me the words to say today. Because some days I honestly, when I don't do that and I'm not focused and intentional about that, I stutter a little bit. I can't find the right words. But when I pray and open up to it, man, I can flow. And I want everybody to be encouraged to play a bigger game, to go and, and, and think bigger. Michael, even you. Like in talking to you, I just, I just want to encourage you to, to, to start thinking bigger because our God's not a little God. You know, our God doesn't play a little game. Like there's nothing that, that can't be done. You mentioned this already, but what about how big it can be done? Like our minds can't comprehend that. So we need to really open up for the opportunity to, to, for big things to happen. And uh, I just want to encourage everybody to do that. Um, like I said, Grant doesn't talk about God a lot, um, but his message resonates with me when it comes to how big and how powerful our God is. Oh, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. You know, we, uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I think we're in, 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 in people's lives for a plan for a reason, right? Even the, even the successful people that pour into us from a business side of the standpoint, you know, we're, <laughs> the availability for us to be in their life from a spiritual standpoint is for them when they see us is to not see Mike and Mike uh, is to see Jesus and 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 that piece that you just said to think bigger. Um, I I challenge people all the time. Um, you know, my friend Chris Borghese said to me. I, I asked him, you know, what strengthens your marriage? He said, when I ask my wife, does she want me to just listen or does she want me to to help or fix? Right. <laughs> And I'm like, dang it, right? Deep, man. I know that one. Yeah. Well, and, and it's funny, you brought up the fixing part and all that stuff. You know, um, whenever I go through, I, one of my, my top five books of all time is Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. I think it's one of the top, I think every man should read it. Every breathing human man should read it. And there's a part in there that talks about being a poser, what you just talked about, you know, striving for approval and, and our idea. And, and really, um, my friend, um, a buddy of mine um, that I met years ago, uh, he, uh, Todd White, he's a, a pastor. Uh, he pastors a big church in Dallas, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And now my friend, Theo Koulianis, um, has taken over as the associate pastor of his church and his wife, Rachel, are leading worship there. And the church has just exploded, right? And, and, and Todd says, the most important thing as a man is to know your identity and that your identity is not in the things of this world. It's in the one who created you. And so my, I thank you so much for that. You, you challenged me. Um, and, and so I, I'm super encouraged because I think it's important that we do that, that we allow ourselves to be challenged, um, and, and to step up in, in that, in that aspect. And you train people, right? What do you train them for to avoid injury, but also to be bigger and faster. So yeah. two things I want to encourage, bigger, think bigger, do bigger and be faster at it. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's funny, you know, when we, um, we created HeFluence for men and then my wife said that the show told me a vision, which as I said before, my wife says, you know, she has something that we need to share. 
I, I, I said, give me ears to hear God and eyes to see, right? And a heart that's receptive. And, and she said, we have to start working with women, you know, women all around the world, the tools that we have now and, and the, the, the miracles that we're working in people's lives. And I'm a big target for the drug companies because, you know, I, I've eliminated about 90% of the medications from my family. Um, you know, and I, as I said, as I told Mike now, my body, I took my cellular age down to minus 17, which is in the top 1% of all breathing humans on earth. Over millions and millions, five million people have been tested by this company that I partnered with. And, um, and, and, and I now have hired about six people. There's only, there's a small fraction of people now that do the testing and because of the certification is pretty tough and it's in detailed. And, and, and I, I said to myself, you know, when, when you have an impact to make an impact, um, I'm going to think different because of some of the things that you share with me. So, so I appreciate you, you, you doing that. And, and so, uh, tell us as we go away, Mike, tell us some, how people, as you said, how people can reach you, how they can connect with you. Um, and, and so that people can get to know you a little bit better and, and hopefully, like I said, purchase your book. Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram. Uh, those are two of my favorites, obviously Facebook, I'm all over the place, YouTube, but, but if you look up my name anywhere, you'll see it. I'm very easy to find. I did that on purpose because, you know, a lot of times people don't think attention is a good thing, but our God is an omnipresent God. And if we're trying to be like God and shaped in the, in the same form of, of Jesus, the way we were supposed to be, I mean, that's part of it. And so I think that only way I can impact the amount of people that I want to impact and I'm here for, I got to be everywhere. So everywhere you can find me, uh, but the book is at MikeCrock.com forward slash book. Awesome. And so Mike, thank you so much, brother. I, I've been super encouraged it, and super Mike. inspired by, by our time together today. And, and I hope that if if you're listening to this, um, that you've been inspired, but the only way people get to listen to it is if you go and, and make a comment and you share it uh, and you do a download and, and, and just share with your community, share with people. Guys, this is stuff that propels people, as Mike would say, you know, think bigger, think faster, rocket ship type of, of lifestyle and, and the way you live your life. Um, people need to hear this. People need, we're, we're in a, we're in a time where this will, this will go live either next week or the following week. I don't know the order of, of, of where they are, but, um, is that people need to hear inspiration. They need to hear Mike's story because I'm, I got a little emotional today cause I'm an emotional guy, right? Like it's just, um, if you're, let me just say this. If you're not an emotional guy, do a check in your spirit. Uh, there's somewhere that God wants to do something in your life to make you be a little bit emotional, right? Uh, to be encouraging. You know, I saw two of my two people from my church get ordained this past weekend and I got ordained back in August and I got a little emotional because I think it's a, it's a representation of me understanding the anointing and the purpose and the plans and thinking bigger that I need the way I need to think and do the thing. So Mike, thank you so much for that. And, and, and as I said, and I say this when we close every podcast, you know, um, I appreciate every single person that listens, but I want you to go and take what you've heard today and, 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 and make it. I, told, I said this with Mike before we started. The difference between knowledge and wisdom is action. So take action on the things that Mike shared with you today to help you heal, to be whole, to skyrocket your life, to think better, to think bigger, to think faster and make things happen faster. Because if you take that action, God says the only reason we lack wisdom is because we don't ask for it. So if you ask for it, and then you take action on the things that God has purposed you for, then you have that type of lifestyle that, that Mike has talked about today. So love God, live with passion and live with vision. So until the next time on the Heathfluence podcast, have an amazing rest of your day. God bless. Bye-bye.